everybody, welcome to episode 115 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with Jimmy Duresta. Hello guys, thank you for having me back. Yeah. He, he has a flashlight on his hat. Oh, you know, we went no to Walmart reason. last night, I don't know if anybody watched my Instagram story, and I bought this, it was only a dollar. <laughs> totally worth it. Yeah. We also have David Picciuto. Hey guys, what's going on? Not much. I have nothing interesting on my head today. <laughs> you have nothing at all in your head. <laughs> nothing at all, yeah. we're Nothing at all. No accessories cool. today. <clears throat> Did you go to Walmart last night, David? Uh, not that I recall. It's been a while <laughs> since I've been to Walmart. <laughs> I, I had I needed a hard drive, and I tell you, my I, I have these Lassie hard drives, and I've had four of them, and finally one's starting to give up on me. It's not totally done yet, so I had to make an emergency visit and get a hard drive in the middle of the night to download footage. Mm. Yeah, a couple of weeks I, ago, Amazon had a uh, a drive deal day or something all these hard drives were on sale and i got two of these drives that are eight terabytes external enclosures and they're like it's some brand i know it's they're seagate eight terabytes they were 183 dollars a piece i saw you post that but i did not see that particular deal i was trying to get it out there because i mean that's that's crazy that is insane my um my storage unit thing, which has a bunch of drives in it, and it has eight terabyte drives in it. Just bare drives were like two hundred and thirty, and this yeah. is like a full external enclosure with all the anyway. Good hmm. deal. So watch for stuff like that. Do you guys want to talk quickly about what how you back up? How I back up? Sure, Jimmy, you go first because I know what yours is. <laughs> well, I just keep everything <laughs> on the camera chip. Once the ch- I put it on the shelf. No, I don't do that. I had a friend that did that. Every time he took pictures and the chip would fill up, he would put it on like a shelf. He had thousands of just little, Whoa, he would go and buy man. it like he was buying a roll of film. But he was a little bit older and like his mental, like mm. to the new generation. I'm like, you're supposed to download those and delete it and keep the chip in the camera. He goes, oh, no, it's easy for me to just store them like this. Um, which is actually, if it costs money to do that, but if I did that, I'd have a better organized. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a Lassie. I use the no. I use the Lassie drives. I use uh, the two terabyte Lassie drives. I got f- about four of them right now. That has everything I've ever shot on this. In this because I shoot really tight. I don't really shoot a lot of extra footage, although people think I do. Um, so if I shoot, you know, an hour's worth of video, that actually almost the eighty percent of that goes into my video. So I shoot really tight. And uh, just last night, for the first time since I've been doing this game, I had a drive that just started giving me weirdness. It said, "You better back up soon because you're going to lose everything on this drive." That's what the drive told me. It says, "You know, permissions denied." He said, "Dude, what you're doing is wrong." No, so I uh, I went and I bought a for the first time. Jimmy has a weird relationship with his hard drives. <laughs> I bought a Western Digital from. From Walmart, which I've had bad luck with Western Digitals, but it's been a really long time. I mean, about 10 years ago, Western Digital, two in a row, gave up on me. So hopefully they're better. They're still in business, so I assume they got the, their act together. And so I bought a three terabyte drive last night for about 100 bucks from Walmart. And I'll test drive this and see how it goes. But as soon as I get to the city, I'll buy another C drive because they've been good to me. This one gets banged around a lot, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was my fault. And that's it. I use um, the built-in backup software for OSX. So there's a there's a time machine backup of everything that's on my computer, which is current. Then another hard drive, an external hard drive that has like uh, old files that I don't need access to like every single day. And then both of those are duplicated every six months. And then I have Kelly take those drives into work. So if our house burnt down, 
uh, I could at least go back to within six months and get all those files. Oh, nice. It's good thinking. So mine is way more complicated, <laughs> as you would imagine. I mean, it isn't, it's not actually. I just have a lot of storage. Because I know, like, David, you don't keep files, your video files, when you're done with the video, right? Correct. I keep the last mm, few months of videos. Mm. And, then, uh, and then after that, I delete old video files. Gotcha. So I have um, an enclosure attached to the computer. I have a, a, an enclosure that's FireWire that has two rated drives in it. So <clears throat> two one-terabyte drives that have a backup next to them. So they're mirrored. So if one of those failed, the files would still be there. And those are like my working drives. When I shoot video, I capture it to those drives because they're fast and they're like right connected so I can work on them directly. And I always leave the files on the SD cards until the video is finished, just in case like one of those drives failed. Then I, would, I do the same I thing. Always I always have mobile yeah. cameras, everything. For months, yeah. and I have I have way too many SD cards, um, <laughs> but it's because I've been I found that like I shoot in 4K now, I've I've shot in 4K for a long time, but I keep everything on there, and I also have like four or five videos going at the same time, and that since those aren't finished, that means those files have to stay on the cards, which means mm. my overall file storage is just bigger. So anyway, I have a lot of the cards, and then um, every six months or so. Or actually, it's like three months now. I'll take all of the <clears throat> video projects from Final Cut that I've been working on, <clears throat> excuse me, back them up to a separate library that's like a an archive, Final Cut archive, and then I'll take that off drive to clear up space there and put it on one of the backup drives. And then I have like a file server machine here, and that's the one with like, it's got like 24 terabytes of storage on it right now. And... That's just like my long-term storage. Everything's rated. You know, I move. I've got like video back to 2014 on there. Um, pretty much everything. And then, like like you were saying, for offsite backups, I use uh, Backblaze, which is like a it's a server or like a web-based backup system. So it's kind of like Time Machine would be locally, but it's offsite too. So it'll back up everything attached to your computer. So if you have external drives, all that stuff, it'll back it all up. Um, and, you know, so I have I have that in case something, like, catastrophic happened. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. I, I tried one of those online services, and I was, like, four weeks in, and it still had not backed everything up. Did you let it do it all through the web, or did you mail them a hard drive to get it started? I did, I did it all through the web. It took about... Maybe three or four days of you know like constant oh. upload. Okay. Um, and I mean I have I have those two one terabyte drives plugged in. I have another three terabyte drive plugged in, and then internally to the machine I have like f- three or four terabytes. So it was a lot, and they're not full, obviously, but you know there was a lot of stuff that was moving. <laughs> but I also had it like um, my Dropbox folder is pretty big, and I didn't have it copy Dropbox. To black to backblaze because it doesn't need to. It's copied to Dropbox, right? So that's like a pretty big chunk that didn't get sent up to the cloud. But I don't want to talk about Dropbox right now. They upset me. 
<laughs> they seem to be upsetting a lot of people. Yeah, well, they removed the public folder, so you couldn't have like uh, web files or PDFs. I used to have all these links from my website linked to my Dropbox public folder, and then they got rid of those permissions, and all of a sudden, all these links didn't work, and which led to a bunch of emails and oh, me trying that's to figure annoying. out what to do. That's that weird bad. because I know like so the short trooper costume that I've been working on and all the files for the 3D printing and everything are hosted on Dropbox and that access to that is still open to everybody. I wonder how he did that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I've heard about that and upset upset quite a few people. So yeah, we've been talking about hard drives for like a while. What are you working on? non-hard drive like <laughs> well i just put out a i'll just call it a music video where i made for the video i made a set of drumsticks and then i took old footage of the guitar i made and the synth that i modified and i wrote a song kind of not kind of but pretty much on the spot just for this video and it was one of those things like i don't have a video this week i'm out of time I want to do something that I can do, I think, within a few hours. And then it turned, I worked like almost on, for 24 hours straight on this stupid video because I Gosh. kept making it bigger in my head, like, oh, this is what I want to do now. And then it just kept snowballing and it turned into a bigger thing than what I had originally planned. But I'm really happy with it. It's one of my favorite videos to date and it was really fun to make. It was really awesome. Thank you. I liked it a lot. Cool. And so, and then uh, tomorrow, Eric is coming over, and we're going to film uh, a fancy picture frame, or at least I think it's going to be a fancier picture frame for this art piece that I made a couple weeks ago. And um, the art piece will be a separate video that's going to come out a week and a half or so later, but I'm going to do the frame video first. So that's what I'm working on over here. Sweet. What am I working on? Let me think. Um, I was just talking to you guys before we got started. I'm having a little bit of a hard time getting out of my own way because I'm moving and I'm finding myself upstate half the week and in the city half the week. And when I'm there, I'm not maximizing my time. And so it's this, it, it, I'm in a lull, which I find myself in from time to time as far as videos go. As I said, if I put out another vlog video before I post another make video, I'm probably going to get murdered by my fans. But I have a, a video in the shoot with Lincoln that hopefully I could release. It's that bandsaw thing, which you might have seen pictures of. I made like a three-way bandsaw stand. And I'm in the process of oh, making yeah. my blacksmith uh, kind of, I guess you can call it a sword. It's kind of an exercise of blacksmithing. And I'm going to start my Rockler video today. And uh, so I'm slowly, slowly getting things getting things started. And um, I worked, I spoke with Max, uh, a.k.a. Philip Max Maker on YouTube. And he and I are working together on a, a fusion project. So I'm going to be able to make these little pocket knives that we, we designed together. And uh, that's all going to be cut on the, the Tormach. And so that's a tremendous learning curve for me, but I'm jumping into it. And uh, what else is there? Yeah, just organizing. Willie and I spent the whole day at the warehouse yesterday, which I just found out I'll be able to put some electric in there and, and work in there. So that's basically, it looks like it's shaping up to be my next shop. Yesterday I po posted a picture on Instagram where I replaced its door. This place, I find all the, I find all the abandoned things in the whole world. Uh, the gas station and this place were both abandoned. It wasn't necessarily abandoned. The place kind of had some kind of like legal wrangling red tape on it. And it's all been lifted in the last few years. That's why now this whole complex of warehouses has just become available for renting. It's right down the road from my house. And I've driven by it. It just was basically completely out of, out of service. There was no signs, nothing. 
And recently I noticed it coming up and a friend of a friend said, why don't you go over there and ask them? They're renting. And that's how I got this place. And the guy looked, he, he opened the door and showed me the warehouse. And I said, I'll take it. I was literally like, I, the minute he opened the door, I said, I'll take it. That's, <laughs> that was my decision-making process. And nice. <clears throat> so now uh, Willie and I, we've replaced the back door yesterday with a door I found in the city. And uh, we, we... Did you, did you find it on a door? And take it off? <laughs> uh, no, no. Actually, the way it's so funny. <laughs> I found it on a building. <laughs> the the back door to this place was completely rotted. You could see it in my Instagram picture. And somebody, since I've been there, somebody peeled up the bottom of the door and climbed inside. They didn't take anything. They must have just looked around and said, "This guy just collects junk. I don't know why we just <laughs> risk getting tetanus climbing through this door." And uh, they left, <laughs> thankfully. That's why I wasn't. People like, dude, it's going to be security problems. I'm like, they're going to. What are they going to come in and steal my my old? Junk, it's junk. And if you're going to try and steal a machine, you need a truck. So I wasn't worried. But we drove all around all the local lumberyards trying to find a door that, that would work, and nobody had one available. And everyone's like, we could order one. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to order a $200 door. I'll find one in the street. And then two days later, Willie called me and said, our friend Henry, who runs a building nearby, has like 10 of them in his basement because it was the stairwell door for the building. And they replaced them for some reason, some fire code reason. And so he's got 10 of them. And I took one of them, the one that says the fifth floor on it. <laughs> so it's going to be so, the door to my shop is going to say the fifth floor entrance. <laughs> on it. That's awesome. Yeah. It'll have, it'll have an identity. Would you say that the store was found in the streets of New York? Uh, it would have been. It was found in the basement of <laughs> just okay. off the street. No, uh, Henry always puts stuff in this like little storage area. That's, it's just a cage off the street. This, it's a big brand new building. It's like a 10-year-old building. And so it's like a huge, it took over like four lots. And so they, like this, this building makes a decision and one day there'll be like 25 stoves on the street. They change the stoves in every apartment. It's like the weirdest, they seem to be like very inefficient, this building. And for some reason they changed all the doors in one of the stairwells. And that's how I got that door. Hmm. But yeah, it's just, uh, just chasing my tail. And, you know, if people can please be patient with me, it's kind of the, the lull before the storm. I've got a few things brewing behind the scenes. His mustache is also getting curly for those who yeah, can see Yeah, look it. at that. <laughs> I'm playing with yeah. my mustache. I'm curling it He's up. Twisting his mustache. Yeah, Somebody send Jimmy some wax. So you guys who don't get to watch us record miss all the fun stuff. <laughs> I can't still sit still. <laughs> what we get to see. You guys, it's funny. You guys got to constantly remind me, like you, my dad in the front seat of the car, stop tapping. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Petrudo, you're like, Jimmy, stop rustling, please. <laughs> <laughs> we do want to apologize for the audio issues that we had last week. It's all Jimmy's week. fault. All it's all Jimmy's fault. fault, yeah. All my fault. <laughs> we're amateur, Al. What can I say? <laughs> so this week, we're going to try extra hard to have it sound somewhat decent. Yeah. That's Dave telling me not to touch stuff when it's not my turn <laughs> to talk. <laughs> <laughs> that was his passive-aggressive hint. Oh. Just like my dad. <laughs> well, let's see. I, for I have me, nothing but love. Of course. <laughs> for me, uh, this week, I'm. It's funny being a couple of weeks ahead because, I mean, it's awesome, but it's weird thinking about like the video that's coming out this week is stuff I did, you know, three weeks ago. Um, so it's a little absent from my brain. But so I made a uh, fume extractor, and it's one of those things that I said I might do a long time, like I don't know, a year and a half ago or something. And never really got around to it. And finally, the other day, I had an idea for making it kind of cool. And so it's it's a little uh, fume removal thing for when you're soldering, because there's a lot of solder fumes that come out. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little, uh, it's like four PC fans kind of blocked into a little frame with a filter on the backside of it to grab the stuff. And then I made that 
part of a combo, so it full it's hinged onto a work surface that you can put down in front of you. So you lay it down in front of you, you fold the fans up behind you, and they stand, and they draw stuff away from you. And then on the sides, there are uh, little third-hand flexible arm things. So for when you're soldering and you need to hold two things together, you have these little robot arms that you can bend over and hold stuff in place. It turned out really cool. Um, I'm happy with it. I think it's something that people could use if they're doing electronics without having like dedicated workspace for it because you can fold the whole thing up, use the arms to hold it together, and just like take it away. Um, oh, nice. Does it work pretty yeah. good? Yeah, it works really well. It's it four fans is way overkill. Like one would be fine. So four fans <laughs> just perfect. completely draws everything away. But yeah, they're awesome. fan, PC fans are so cheap and like you know it didn't make sense to just get one because it would have been small. And with four, it's like a maybe a six by six, you know, fan section. So mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. Um, and then also, so let's see what else I got going on this week. Um, oh, I got one of the the Space Navigator things, Jimmy, that you mentioned a few weeks ago. The 3D mouse. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. For like it's going so through cool. Fusion? You mean doing this in Fusion? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great tool. <laughs> yeah, doing this. He's, he's 3Ding his hand at the camera. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, how how often do you lose it? Like you pull it, all of a sudden the thing is gone. It's just, it goes, yeah. Whoo! Into space. Yeah, you have to be really ginger with it, and if you like happen to go too far and just everything disappears, which is kind of weird. But yeah, I was amazed. Um, I have some plans for some stuff I want to model that's going to be a little more complicated than stuff I've done in the past, and so I was like, well, maybe I'll try that thing out. And as soon as I got it, I got it hooked up and totally understood why it would be useful and make things faster. So it's pretty awesome. It's for anybody that doesn't know what I'm talking about. It's a 3D mouse, so it's like this little, um, it's like a puck that sits on your desk, and the little knob on top of it, you can pull up and down, you can move it forward and back and left and right, so you have six axes there. And so, basically, when you're in a 3D modeling software, SketchUp or Fusion or whatever, you're controlling the camera with that. So, you still have your regular mouse for controlling tools and stuff, but you can easily spin around and rotate and move in and out, zoom in and out with your left hand. I thought it worked as your mouse. I mean, I think you can do that, but it's not as, you know, useful. There's no button. Well, actually, there are two buttons on it, but it's not typical button style for, you know, what you would use a mouse for. But, yeah, so basically you have a a mouse in both hands. One of them is for camera, the other is for tools. Yeah, yeah. And it just cuts down, like, the round-trip time of, like, going into orbit or drag, moving your your model around, and then going back, you know. Hmm. So, pretty awesome, but... Um, and I think if you only work in 3D stuff every once in a while, it's probably not worth the the cost because I mean it's not cheap. But I can see even as little as I model, I can see it being worth my time to learn how to use it and have it there because it'll just cut down the modeling time. So um, yeah, let's see what else. Oh, this weekend, if anybody's at Star Wars Celebration this weekend, which was like right while the show's coming out. I'll be there on Saturday, uh, walking around. We're taking the kids down to, to Florida, taking the whole family, go to Star Wars Celebration, and let them like, look at costumes and stuff. And we're going to go to Disney for a day, take a little vacation. But if you're around there and you see me, come say hi. But my kids will be with me, so be cool. <laughs> nice. No tackling. Yeah. <laughs> Don't freak them out. But yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, Bill and Britt from Punished Props are going to be there, so hopefully I'll get to catch up with them and some of my other friends. So, 
that'll be cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You had a topic, David, that you wanted to bring up before we get into our questions for today. Yes, we, we have a topic before our topic. Pre-topic. Uh, just, <laughs> just a couple hours ago, we got an email from a listener named Eric Talbot, and he has, in parentheses, pronounced tall butt. So, Eric Talbot uh, sent us a really nice email, uh, lots of... Uh, Lots of compliments in it. And then he, he yeah. asked, and I'm going to paraphrase, he just asked about what do we do about taxes and health insurance and all that. And we get asked this quite a bit. And frankly, I try to avoid the subject because I don't feel like I'm in a position to give advice on this. But I figured I will tell everybody what I do, and then we can find out what Jimmy and Bob does, and you know maybe it'll put you in the right path. So... For my taxes, I'll start off. Is that okay? Go for it. Yes, please do. All right. So I'll start off with um, I use online bookkeeping software, and there's a, there's a bunch out there, but and I just been using the bookkeeping software built in with GoDaddy, which I, no nobody's ever heard of, but it works great. All, everything is automatic. It recognizes all my accounts, my PayPal, uh, Stripe. And Etsy and, and whatever. Everything is just all automatic. And it does a really good job of categorizing everything. And then um, w- uh, when it comes time for tax season, I output all the forms that it gives me. I do go through and I kind of make sure all my transactions are uh, categorized correctly uh, as expenses. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, so make sure all the expenses are in order. Every once in a while, I'll accidentally use my business card for a personal expense, and I go in there and I fix that. And then I output all the forms that it gives me and then give them to my CPA. And he does all the taxes for me once a year. He figures out my quarterlies, what I should pay every quarter. And it's as simple as that. He, um, It's not that expensive. I, I forget... Maybe two or three hundred dollars a year. I pay this guy. Um, whatever it is, it's totally worth it because it's it's pretty hands off for me. And then health insurance. My wife works for a hospital, so we have health insurance through here. Her. We did look into buying health insurance, and it was crazy expensive as an individual. And then <clears throat> I also have a lawyer that will um, certain contracts for advertisements and, and things like that are worded where I just don't understand. And I'll send it to him and he charges me for an hour of just looking over it and then telling me if it's legit or not. So uh, that's all, all those things makes there all that money that's spent on that stuff is well worth it. Cause it's, I'm pretty hands off on that stuff. Hmm. Jimmy, what do you do? What a taxes? Let me, let me guess. Exactly. Let me guess. Jimmy has <laughs> a plastic bag full of receipts <laughs> And he goes to some guy named Joey and just gives him the bag. <laughs> His and name is like, Mike. <laughs> and writes a check once a year. Is that right? That's about right. Mike handles all my stuff. <laughs> Mike has been my accountant for oh, nearly 17, 18 years. And Mike used to work for um, a really fancy uh, uh, company. I can't remember the name. They handle all like the uh, – they're not the ones that screwed up the um, – the Oscar this year, but he used to work for one of those companies, like one of the names you hear all the time. Um, Goldman Sachs. Uh, no, I can't remember. I can't. It'll come to me. Um, Price Waterhouse, I think. 
Hmm. Is that that's a big deal name, right? Oh, sounds fancy. I think he works. Sounds fancy. Anyway, Mike's been on his own for about fifteen years and uh, fifteen twenty years, and uh, he's he's an accountant to kind of the creatives. He's he's worked f- he works for the likes of me, people that have weird incomes, and he works for strippers and some sports stars, and so he handles a lot of like unusual incomes. And he's been my guy, and I give him numbers. I don't actually give him a bag of receipts because that's, I think that's rude. I actually give him, the, I'll collect a bag of receipts every year and then me and Taylor will go through them. In the past, I used to do it alone. I just take a yellow legal pad and go through each receipt where category it goes in and I just write the number and then I'd say, okay, that envelope has all my gas expenses, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, but this year, finally, I've gotten up to speed and he's, uh, one of the girls in his office, Grace, is handling everything for me. She's got me hooked up to QuickBooks. My account now is everything's hooked up. So every time I make, they're basically handling everything for me, which makes my life mm. easier. It makes their life easier because I'm not just handing them like a couple of numbers they can actually see and separate stuff. And, and in fact, I, the other day I sat with Grace and she went through every one of my handwritten checks and she goes, what does this say? I said, oh, that, I'm not sure what that says. Oh, I think I know. It. Oh, you know what that says? Mid-Hudson Cable. Okay. What does this say? Uh, I think that says at and Yeah, No, that's AT&T. So now I learned to make my handwriting better. Because I still write checks. I, people think I'm insane because I like, I like the ritual of opening up a checkbook and scribbling out checks. And that's because there was a, for many years in my life, I literally like lived right down to the wire. So I had to always make sure that, you know, if I was down to like $1,000 in my account, I wasn't going to go delinquent on any other checks. And everybody said, oh, just go to auto pay, go to auto pay. But then if auto draws the drawer and you don't have the money there. But like I said, it's sort of a ritual for me. It's kind of a relaxing moment in time to write out 25 checks every month. I usually do. <laughs> that sounds horrible. <laughs> I actually don't mind Here's it. I, 25 I, individual chunks of money. I'm just going to give away. How is that? I actually, and then the way I actually do my bills, if anybody cares, is I do my bills on the 15th and then at the end of the month. So every, like, come around the 15th, hmm. I do whatever bills are in house then. And then two weeks later, I do whatever bills are around then. And I pay everything off. And. And I, I, the la- I, think, oh, I can't remember, my credit rating is like, is over 800. So I haven't, I've, I'm pretty good with my credit rating. I'm proud nice. of my credit rating. Anytime I walk into a store, they literally like dive at me. They're like, what do you want to buy? If I walk into like buy, like, a, <laughs> like when I bought my quad, I walked in to buy my quad, like my Ranger, my, my, you know, the Polaris. They were, they were basically like, whatever, whatever it takes for you to leave with one of these, you could have it. And so <laughs> when I bought my car, the same thing. I recently bought a new Jeep. I mean, I go in and out. I buy things from in and out for like five minutes. I hate shopping. So Wait, you bought a Jeep? I bought a Jeep a couple months ago, yeah. I bought a How Jeep. did I not know about this? Oh, I probably didn't. I just, actually, you know why? And this is kind of, it's, it's sad. Uh, that we bought the Jeep the day, we were scheduled to pick it up the day that Lucky died. So that he, Lucky's, uh. Uh, Lucky's passing superseded everything about the Jeep. Like, Tell's like, oh, we got a new car. And like, it doesn't even matter because we lost the little guy. But yeah. I, I bought a, a, a Wrangler, a Wrangler Sport, just to have up here because now me and Taylor have been splitting our time so much. So we got a, a Wrangler four door Wrangler Sport. We love it. It was really good nice. in the snow a couple of weeks ago. My yeah. my truck is not good in the snow, but it's four wheel drive. But that little Jeep in the snow, we were driving through like two and a half feet of snow, no problem. It was crazy that we were awesome. able to make it. But yeah, that's it. I just uh, you know I'm old school, and I actually still write everything with pen and ink. I dip my pen into like a quill. I write, have a blotter on my desk. <laughs> I keep one of those big five-column books. It's still, it's like this thick. I have one of those five-column books. You put on your put on your top hat. This is my check writing top hat. <laughs> I put on cuffs. I put on like sleeves so the ink doesn't get on my my dress shirt. You know, like this. 
Nice. <laughs> yeah, my next vehicle is going to be a Jeep. It's not going to be a Wrangler. It's going to be a Grand Cherokee. But they're made right here in Toledo, Ohio. Oh yeah. But we um, we're uh, we're waiting until all the house stuff is figured out and we move before I actually do that. I want to do. I do want to talk about uh, credit score. And when I first started dating Kelly. I had a terrible credit score. I, my Kia, the car that I have now, I couldn't even get on my own. I had to have Kelly co-sign for it. But over the past um, six years, I've been doing really hard. I paid off all my bills. I got my credit score up to, like, it's up to 772 now, which is, like, mind-blowing. I can, I'm an adult. Nice. At 41 <laughs> years old, I'm finally an adult. And it just feels so good. It's nice. Awesome. So I think Bob mentioned before, you know, if you're going to start, uh, if you're going to go down the self-employment road, take care of all your finances. It really yeah. helps things yeah. out. I think it's huge to get rid of all your debt because it's just a burden and you don't have to worry about, you know. It's not impossible mm-hmm. to, to do it with debt, but it's just harder because you have more things that you're responsible for. Yeah. Yeah. Now, my debt is very um, manageable now. So I got it to a place where it's like, you know, almost every, everything's almost nearly paid off. And, you know, so I'm at a point now where I'm feeling really comfortable. So Yeah. So one of the weird things about that, about being debt-free and, I mean, de- I say debt-free disregarding my mortgage. That's the only debt we have. Of course. But, um, so being debt-free can have a negative effect on your credit score, which is kind of yeah. weird because the, you know, that's all about your debt-to-income ratio. And if you have, if either side of that is zero, then you have mm-hmm. kind of a problem. Um so that's just a, a point I want to point out to anybody that's thinking about paying off your debt. Like we ended up last year getting a, a credit card with $500 limit. And I told the bank, like, do not raise that limit no matter what. Because they always, you know, they want to raise it. Like, oh, you paid it off. Here's another $2,500 in credit. You know, you don't <laughs> want that. So um, what we do is like every, I don't know, three or four months, we'll go buy groceries with it or something. You know, stuff that we have the cash for. We'll We'll put it on that card. We'll wait over 30 days, and then we'll pay the card off 100%. So you let it cycle through one thing, and then that shows the credit company that you actually are mm-hmm. you know, taking advantage of the credit, and then you're able to pay it off. And that kind of helps keep your score. And there's probably other details about that that are, other people may know. But Can I give another another tip? Sure. Is, um, over the past few years, I've been using a tool called Quizzle, and it does cost... It's like $9 a month. But I use that to monitor my credit score every month. And then it kind of gives you hints on hmm. um, what you should do to help with that with that score. And um, it shows your your like your like the, the ratio that you were referring to, Bob, and what you can do to help that. And every, so every month I get an email and I log in and I get to see my, my, my score. And it shows your util, utilization and... Uh, trending timelines and it's it's a really good tool it's called quizzle hmm i'll have to check that out it's kind of weird like i i don't know if everybody's ever heard of dave dave ramsey he's a financial guy and we've been through his like course and stuff and that's how we ended up getting rid of debt and all this stuff hmm. one of the things that he points out that i think is really cool and if you're interested in him just go listen to him because he's better at it than i am but if you pay off all your debt and you work really hard at not having debt then you have a better understanding of your money and you end up having more money and then you end up not needing debt to buy things. And so like the credit score, other houses are a little bit different, maybe, maybe. But like, you know, once you get to the point where you don't have any debt and you're putting all that money that you were paying off credit cards with and you're putting it in a savings account in a couple of years, you're like, oh, look, I have enough money to buy that thing that I wanted in cash and I don't need credit or whatever. So Mm -hmm. 
that's been a really big eye opener because I mean I was like really far in debt um, when I met Jenny and when we got married I had a lot of credit card stuff we had a lot from like having kids and having you know having to get new cars and all this stuff it was just you know it was one of those things that was like always over us and so we had to figure out how to get rid of it and it was one of the best decisions we ever made was to buckle down on that um, anyway back to the topic so tax stuff I haven't said my tax stuff yet I basically do the same thing you do, David, um, in that I have, I use QuickBooks online, which I was looking it up and it's about, right now you can get it for $10 a month. I think that's what I signed up for it was. Um, and you know, it does all the same categorization stuff. You know, it connects to all your accounts. It's probably very, very similar. It can do, which I'm sure yours probably does as well, invoicing. So I can create an invoice for like a sponsor or something directly in it. It sends them the email. It keeps track of if they've opened it, if they've seen it, if they respond. They can pay directly to it and all that stuff. So it's kind of nice that way. Um, but the one thing that I really like about it is that <clears throat> because my um, accountant uses QuickBooks, I can just, in the web interface, I can give my accountant access to my web QuickBooks file. And so at tax time, he just logs in and he has everything he needs and he can pull it into his software and do all that stuff. So nice. I, I don't have to like, you know, summarize or report anything. That's really nice. And we've have this accountant. Uh, he's been my accountant for, uh, I don't know, probably close to 20 years, um, just through multiple businesses and all this stuff. And it's one of those things that like I theoretically could do taxes myself i think but man it's i've tried several times the frustration and the anxiety of like did i miss something am i doing something wrong is the irs going to come after me because i didn't fill out some form that stuff drives me crazy it's just not <laughs> where i want to put my mental power so i just let him do it and it's it's reasonable like you said it's a couple hundred bucks a year at tax time to just like have it done i know it's done the right way he's like on the up and up. He's a good guy. I know he's not like trying to, you know, do shady stuff. So mm -hmm. it's worthwhile. If you can find somebody that you trust, I think for like that and legal stuff, if you can find somebody that you trust and you has the same ethics as you, I think it's a really worthwhile thing. Yeah. My guy, Mike is also a lawyer, so he really knows how to handle oh. everything. Well, nice. Um, I had another thought on the money stuff, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know. Do you, um, did you want to talk about health insurance at all? Either one of you? Uh, we can. Um, so we have, we're in this, uh, this thing called MediShare and it's a, it's like a co-op. It's like a medical co-op. And so rather than getting, it's one of those co-ops that has like, um, what's the word? It's like annexed from the system. So like you can be a part of this co-op and not you don't get penalized for not having like health insurance it, when you try to sign up through like the Obamacare thing, you know, that, mm. I don't know if you know all that. If you like, if your insurance lapsed for a while and then you tried to sign up, they would actually charge you, or at one point, I don't know if this is still the case, they would charge you for like having it lapsed. Mm -hmm. But this thing that we're a part of, uh, covers that. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, and it's reasonable for like a family of six, you know, it's, it's a way that we can do it because otherwise it was like crazy expensive. The everything I looked at, but and let me guess, Jimmy <laughs> has a bag of band aids and that's his health insurance. I just bought a box of band aids yesterday. A guy named Joey, <laughs> and I have Joey a, the knife a, takes care of everything. A tubinia sporin, 
And a credit card with like $50,000 credit limit. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had health insurance in 30 years. I, uh, every time I go to the doctor, I pay for it. I pay for my finger in cash. And, and uh, the last time I went to my... I, I'm scheduled to go to the doctor this, this next couple of weeks. I get blood and everything. I got blood the other day. And uh, you know I haven't gotten a phone call yet, so I guess so far so good. But I'm going to see my doctor for my 50th uh, birthday checkup. And <clears throat> last time I saw him and we discussed... Because he also sent me for an echocardiogram, which was about $2,000. And then when I told the I told the desk girl, she's like, uh, she was, uh, how are you gonna pay for it? I go with a credit card. And she looked at me. She's like, really? I go, yeah. She's like, you don't have health insurance? I go, no. I'm just gonna pay for it. And she went in the other room and came back and goes, the doctor said he would do it for eight hundred because he feels bad that you don't have health insurance. I said, oh Whoa. my goodness. <laughs> I said, okay, no problem. I was okay with two thousand, but now I'm even better with eight hundred. Yeah. And yeah. So, uh, so. He told me, my doctor told me, he said, he goes, his opinion was, it's just an opinion. He goes, you're probably doing, you know, at this, you're nearly 50 years old. He goes, you're doing, he goes, you're beating the, uh, you're beating the bet, whatever. But who knows? I, I do want to get health insurance. And Taylor and I have been talking about it. And we've just been lazy. And there's no other reason. And now with this pre-existing condition stuff, as long as that sticks around, I'll get health insurance when I get sick. I know that sounds crazy, but I'll probably get it before then. But now there's no urgency to get it because... In the past, it's like you couldn't get health insurance. I know my sister had a really difficult time. She had a hernia, and they wouldn't give her health insurance and because she had the hernia, and you know she went back and forth. She didn't know she had it. It was a crazy, stupid thing. I remember she was very upset about it at the time. Um, I don't know. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot yeah. of emails, but I just haven't gotten it till now just for no reason other than just me being lazy, and I'm probably not different than a lot of Americans. Yeah. That's it. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, that's like one of those things that, you know, it's easy to to like justify your stance on either side of something because you know it's everybody's life they can do whatever they want to with it um <clears throat> and I, I think that's fine i i've seen enough people like my mom had breast cancer and to see the amount of cost and she survived thank god uh, but to see the amount of cost and the amount of like stuff that had to go into her treatment yeah. just made me like oh my goodness there's no way i'm not i mean even if it's for the sake of my kids like i'm not gonna not have health insurance because there are so many unknowns and it's so expensive. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> an interesting thing. I, I'm kind of down on health insurance. I mean, I wish we had a one payer system. You know, that's a whole political conversation. But my stepmother started getting stomach pains. This is eight years ago. And she had a really severe stomach pain. And I was like, why don't you go to the doctor? She's like, well, I can't go to the emergency room because it's going to cost me too much money and my health insurance doesn't cover it. I'm waiting to find out. And she was all wrapped up in the red tape of health insurance while her intestinal cancer was taking over her whole body. Ugh. I said, just go to the doc. Just go to the emergency room. Who cares what the bill is? You'll deal with that later. You, you just go bankrupt. And she's like, oh, no. She was all like, in, you know, again, another typical American, fearful of insurance, fearful of paying the bills, fearful of this and that and the other thing. She waited weeks to go to the hospital and she died of stomach and ovarian cancer, which completely mm. took over her body while she was busy waiting for the insurance company. I said, just go to the emergency room and deal with it there. They're not going to kick you out because you don't have the proper emergency. Just deal with it and say you're going to pay for it on a credit card. They're not going to ask for the credit card right there and then. They're going to bill you later. Um, so that's, like I said, I'm just, you know, there's, I have a lot of opinions about this whole situation yeah. and, you know, um, and again, we, we don't get political, but you know, we can go easily go that way. But it's just sad that, you know, we keep spending more and more money on things that we don't need 
and this is the one thing, but it's because these insurance companies are so ingrained in yeah. you know in the lobby and everything. People don't you don't need insurance to be healthy. Everyone's always going to get cancer. Everyone's always going to get broken. Like everyone's always going to get to need glasses. So it's like people say like it's like buying health and it's like buying flat tire insurance. You know it's going to happen no matter what. So <laughs> and you could look at the statistics of the whole entire population of the United States and say okay, last year there was 75 billion cases of this, 20,000 cases of that, 100 cases of this, 6,000 broken arms, 10,000 gunshots. And you could literally categorize that and put a budget together from the national government, and the budget would be a fraction of what just happened in you know the Middle East in the last 15 years. And mm. everybody could get everything they need. But it seems too simple because the insurance companies are right in between us and the government because the insurance companies are there to stay. Yeah. And they, they're trying to convince you that we need them. And again, like I said, I, I have a lot of opinions about this, and... On a different mm-hmm. show, we can get more involved, but I, I, that's why that's really the reason I don't have health insurance is because I feel like I'm being bamboozled. Mm, yeah, fair enough. But again, if I had a family and I was in the same situation as, as you, Bob, I would absolutely need it, and I would certainly get it. My brother, yeah. it seems, feels the same way as me. He's got two kids. He's like, I have to get health insurance. I can't not have it. But yeah, you know, I'm just I'm a little bit more of a free spirit because of my situation, but I'm also being stupid, and I realize that. Well, I mean, it's a it's a balance. It's just like safety in the shop, right? Mm-hmm. Take it back to something that everybody has, you know, dealing with. You know, you have a level of comfort, a level of knowledge, a level of experience, and you kind of that's where you place your your that's your line. You know, mm-hmm. that's the line that you ride when you're in the shop with tools and stuff. And that's different for everybody, right? No, I mean, I you always know, tell Taylor, I'm like, you know, I tell Taylor we're independent contractors, so we can't go skiing. We can't because we're gonna end up with a broken leg. We can't do that. You know, there's no. <laughs> so you want to go snowboarding? You're going to end up with a compound fractured leg. It's going to cost twenty thousand dollars, and you're going to be out of work. So it's going to cost you money from being out of work, and it's going to cost you money to get it fixed. So you know, a different trying to keep ahead of safety. It's definitely a different state of mind when you're self-employed. Yeah. So I think what we gathered from there is each one of us does something different about how we handle our insurance and our taxes and, and legal stuff and there's so there's many ways to go about it the one thing i just want everybody to go away from this conversation with is, is don't be in fear of all this stuff a lot of people get paralyzed in fear because they don't know if they have enough money to pay their taxes or if they don't this or don't that everything's negotiable and you know when i cut my finger they told me it was going to be like forty thousand dollars by the time i was done talking to them it was about twelve or thirteen thousand dollars so everything is totally negotiable and it's not like you get hit with these bills and these fears and you know, people build up, you know, you listen to the tax people on the commercials and they want you to be in fear. They want to, they also want to make it complicated for you. So to keep you locked in. So don't be afraid to start a business. Just go for it. So another thing I remembered what I was going to say earlier about the taxes. <clears throat> Thank you, Jimmy. Um, so because this year was my first full, like uh, 365, you know, full year of doing this business, because last year was a half year, uh, we didn't have... We didn't have to pay a certain amount on quarterly taxes because when you have a corporation, you're supposed to pay quarterly taxes. And since I didn't have a, a full year's worth of like receipt to show what I should be paying, you can pay like a minimum amount, and the government just kind of says, "Yeah, that's cool. You know, we'll we'll figure it out next year." So my accountant said. He, he like went through the list of, you know, well, your quarterly tax has to cover this and it has to cover all of this and this. And it's just like a, in my brain, it's just like, you know, 
the teacher on Charlie Brown just going wah 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 wah. I'm like, I don't know what any of that means. So when it got down to it, he was like, essentially, what you should do for safety is every month of your business take out like twenty. I think it was twenty three percent, but I went with twenty five. He said, take that out, open the savings account, put it in the savings account. You've still got the money. You're not paying it unnecessarily, but you're setting it aside. You're not banking on it. You're not relying on it. You're not spending it. Put it aside. And then at the end of the year, you will owe taxes because we're not paying enough quarterly, but you'll have the money to pay the taxes, right? So mm-hmm. um, that's basically what I, I did do that. as well. Yeah. And I think that's a, a decent way to do it. What was really surprising to me um, was that I'm not going to tell you actual numbers, but let's say I took $10,000 and put it in that savings account for the last year. Use a piece of it. I used, I, expecting like, well, that'll probably cover most of it. I may have to pay a little bit more, no, you know. it was like a third. It was like, <laughs> of that, it was like $2,500. And I'm like, whoa, I got, because, I got yeah. money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> because what we do, we say, we have so much in expenses. Like, every project is, yep. is another expense. Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. All, and then there's web hosting and, and this and that. There's so many crazy expenses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that I'm saying that to Jimmy's comment about fear is like, you can be fearful. I think it's natural to be fearful of like, am I going to get audited? You know, do I have enough money to pay the tax and all this stuff? But that's also partly about preparation. If you set it aside and don't bank on it, you'll have it when you need it. And then you'll also probably have some extra. I mean, I'm, I was kind of blown away at how much money I actually have left over. That's now just investment in the company right now. It's like, if I want to go get a new camera, I can get it and not worry about it coming out of like this year's monthly stuff mm-hmm. so anyway anything else on taxes don't be afraid that's it don't be afraid <laughs> cool well the actual topic we were going to ask each other the questions and we've we're at like 46 minutes so let's stick with one question yeah we can do a, a quick round <laughs> yeah so i have a question for both of you i'll go first all right and then you guys can... Actually, I have two for David that I really want to ask him. <laughs> Go for it. Be quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, David, favorite song of all time, or, or album, you can say album if, if that's easier, but not just what, I want to know why, like from a musician standpoint, why? Uh, favorite album of all time is probably Nirvana's In Utero. Mm-hmm. And so when that came out... Um, in the, the fall of 93, it, uh, I was a huge, huge Nirvana fan. And uh, I, I just played that cassette over and over and over again. And then in the spring of 94, um, it was in April, is when Kurt Cobain killed himself. And I had that cassette in my car stereo at the time that I learned that. And I... You know, at this time I'm I'm 18 years old, and uh, it really affected me because I was learning to play guitar. Most of the songs that I knew were Nirvana songs. They're they're fairly simple three chord songs. Some are two chord songs, and um, for a long time I didn't take the cassette out of the cassette player. I just kept listening to that same album over hmm. and over and over again. Every note of every song on that album is like ingrained in my head. Like because I listened to it so much. That is why. Interesting. That album Interesting. had such a huge impact on me. 
You know, it's funny, like, I, I've heard people older than me say, like, I remember where I was when John F. Kennedy was shot, and, like, I heard about it and stuff like that. I remember my parents saying that. And like you, I remember where I was when I heard about Cobain. I was working in, an, in, in what was it called? Hawaiian ice stand. It was like a snow cone stand thing when I was in high school. And I was in this little white box surrounded by ice for, like, six hours a day and i would listen to nirvana like i was the same way totally into it i was learning guitar i was in a band loved nirvana and like pearl jam and all of that stuff at that time and listening to the radio and they came on and said that he died and they weren't sure how yet and all this stuff and i was just like what that's that doesn't even make sense like it didn't compute because that shouldn't happen right he's like not that old he's famous he's this and that and i remember having like a really hard time just getting through the wait, what did I just hear? How is that possible thing? Like, it, it mm-hmm. just didn't register. But I do remember I was working at Kmart when I found the new, out the news. My coworker told me about it. And he said they found a body in Kurt Cobain's house. My first thought, and I don't know why, is Kurt Cobain killed somebody. Probably Courtney. Oh, God. <laughs> and that was, mm. my first, that was my first thought. And then, like, news was trickling out throughout the rest yeah. of the day then i went over to my friend chris's house and we just watched mtv for like 10 hours straight because that's all they ran that entire day yeah. was just nirvana stuff right mm. okay other real quick other question for you two books name two books um like picture books uh that type of thing that are visually inspirational for you stuff you would like other people to see oh my goodness um okay the secret art of dr seuss uh, oh, so it's really, really good. So you are familiar with Dr. Seuss in writing children's stories. And there's he also did a lot of personal artwork. And before he wrote children's books, he also did political cartoons. And he wrote for various newspapers and stuff. But he he made sculptures. He did paintings on window screens. Um, all kinds of weird, like, not kid-friendly drawings and paintings and stuff and and there's some there's just some really good stuff i even have a dr seuss tattoo on my was, arm oh, it's oh, one I, was gonna say, I thought you yeah. had used one somewhere yeah I forgot it was and uh, I'll, I'll post a picture of that up on my instagram and um so it's just it's just fun like i love the i love mystery of of people so you think this person is one thing and then it turns out they're this other thing there's this whole behind the scenes thing that nobody knew about until after he passed away so crazy you know shell silverstein you know who that is mm-hmm. the author yeah yeah he did like um the giving tree yeah uh i always had this like idea of this little old man who is Silverstein and wrote all these books that were kind of kid books and kind of not and then I saw a picture of him one time and he's like not at all what I was expecting and so then I started like well what else has this guy done I found a video of him and Johnny Cash playing a duet together oh like Johnny Cash and in this process I learned that Johnny Cash had a TV show for a little while I had no idea mm-hmm. and he hmm. was the host and he brought people on and they played music anyway alright my question for Jimmy Uh-oh. favorite movie because I know you never sit still long enough to watch an entire movie. <laughs> favorite movie and why visually is your is it your favorite movie? Uh, my two favorite movies of all time, and I think I've said this before, is The Godfather and then also Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And because huh. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is sort of how I try and base my my playful spirit 
And as a kid, it was you know, it was on every I think every Thanksgiving or every Christmas. It's always on every year, and like I, it was the one thing I could watch over and over and over again and not get tired of it. I mean, I I used to watch also um, March of the Wooden Soldiers, and then also The Wizard of Oz every year with my sister. My sister's closer in my age than my brothers, and it was the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Still, like if I find it, I, I even go on YouTube once in a while and watch the various quotes that. That uh, Willy Wonka would say, or uh, uh, what is that actor's name? It escapes my name. It escapes my uh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder, yeah. Gene, uh, just the 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 things that Gene Wilder, the lines he would deliver, just really so inspirational, and still uh, is is such a big part of of who I am. Is, is the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate mm. Factory, and um, and the Godfather, just for the cinematic storytelling of it all. Uh, and it's really funny because uh, one night. It was on, and so I said to Taylor, we have to watch it. This was before we were kind of into the Netflix thing. And we watched it on TV, and she became so engrossed in the story of the family. And, and you know, just because it's such an amazing, amazingly well-told, beautiful, you know, period piece of, you know, in and around New York and everything. So the, the Godfather 1 and 2, and then uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for the playfulness and the, and the cinematography of, of it all. Hmm. There you go. Crazy. Oh, I just realized, David, you only told me one book. Do you have another visual book that you want to recommend? Um, yes. Uh, we'll post it in the show notes. I'm not sure what it's called. It's one of my uh, Eames design books, mm-hmm. oh, and okay. it's just the work of Ray and Charles Eames. And there's a bunch of them, and I think some are official, some are not. They're all they're all good because they're all just very inspirational to me. And so I'll post a link in the show notes. Cool. Who wants to go next? Oh, um, I want to ask both of you guys. I have a similar question to both of you, but we'll see. Um, Bob, mm-hmm. did you or would you ever skydive? I have not. I probably would. I think, like, in theory, I would. And then when I actually think through the fact of, like, getting up there and looking out the <laughs> plane, I'm like, why in the world would I do this? I think I would. I've been bungee jumping. I've done other crazy type things i think i would do it hmm. wow i would never. have kids i mean so maybe it's different now than it would have been a few years ago but yeah i don't think i would i know i wouldn't really i would never because like i said I, I wouldn't snowboard why would i jump out of an airplane <laughs> <laughs> well if you jump out of an airplane and it doesn't work you don't really have to worry about the bills yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> you know it's a good thing to watch this might change everyone's opinion uh, near death experiences caught on GoPros. That's that's another fun Ugh. thing I've been oh, watching. I'm gonna pass no, on that. Yeah, <laughs> it's no actually fun in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you like to watch all sorts of weird stuff like that. I wouldn't. Something I recently discovered is you can skydive in a building. So there's yeah. like the tubes where they do that. The air. Oh thing yeah, that, me I and would Jocko do that. just saw oh. that driving cross country. Yeah, those those are cool yeah. looking spots. I would try that. For there's sure. one of those in uh, Las Vegas. We were standing in line for it for a long time, and it just took too long. We had to had to leave. Mm. And uh, okay, David, would you? This is a similar question. Maybe this, you can have a similar answer. D- did you or would you have a bungee jump? I I would not. I um, we live really close to an amusement park called Cedar Point, and everybody, are you guys familiar with Cedar Point? Sounds familiar. I've heard of it. It's a roller coaster park. Um, and we used to go there as kids, and I haven't been there in twenty years. I because I just I 
I'm not into roller coasters. I don't really enjoy the feeling too much. And so I know I definitely would not bungee jump. Although my wife, who also doesn't like roller coasters, she wants me to go ziplining this summer. So I'm going to do that. So that's that's going to be the closest thing I do to bungee jumping. Sweet. Wow. So I I grew up in Kentucky, right? And we were looking recently at, like, fun things to do in Kentucky when we visit and stuff. And I forgot, there's tons of caves there. Like, we have Mammoth Cave. It's, like, the biggest cave in the world and all this stuff. They have caves that you can zipline in the caves. Whoa. Oh. So you should go do that. That'd be fun. Oh, all right. (laughs) Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) David? My turn? Yeah. All right. Bob. Yes. Are you meeting your expectations for the year? Your own expectations. Ooh. Uh, Can you be more specific? (laughs) Are you making enough Um, money? (laughs) No, no, I don't want it to be about money. I want it to – are you – well, everybody has different expectations where I I set – like I have personal happiness. And some people are – don't – not into happiness as much as I am, so they're into financial goals or whatever. But are you comfortable? Are you are you where you want to be uh, four months into the new year as far gotcha. as work? As far as work, okay. There's that's the clarifier I needed. Ah, uh, um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I'm still. For some reason, I had this idea that <clears throat> if I got ahead, I would feel less like. Uh, anxiety is not the word because I don't have anxiety, but like um, more at ease, like with mm-hmm. I could work at a, a more comfortable pace, maybe. That's what I was thinking. But it, it doesn't feel like that. So I feel like I'm getting a lot done. I think things are going well. I'm happy about the stuff that I'm working on. But I still, I still feel like I'm kind of falling down a hill. That's the way this business feels to me. <laughs> like, you know when you start running down a hill and you're like, oh, this is fun. Look, I'm going fast. And then it gets to a point where you're just barely keeping your feet underneath you. That's what I feel like most of the time. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> yeah. That's... Not necessarily in like a, you know, oh, I'm scared. Things are out of control. But just like, man, I'm just barely standing up. So That's cool. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it definitely does. Yeah. All right. So, Jimmy. Yeah. You, the perfect work day. Walk me through what would be your ideal, perfect work day. Mm. I wake up, I drink half a coffee, I review the edit from the night before, and that takes wake up, shower, coffee, review the edit. That's about 15 minutes. Wow. <laughs> That's quick. Nobody bothers I don't think you me. did any of those things well. <laughs> <laughs> and two of them matter, so you should spend a little more time there. And... Uh, no, that's I, it's, I try and get through quick, but it's just about 25, 30 minutes before I wake up and I'm actually out the door. And then I'm over to the shop. I don't actually have to say hello to anybody. This Again, this is in theory the perfect day. I don't have to mm-hmm. talk to anybody between my workshop and my apartment. No one asks me to build them anything. No one says, hey, where's that thing I gave you? <laughs> Nobody says, hey, can we have lunch later? When are we going to hang out? None of that happens. None of my neighbors say, hey, can you refinish my dresser? Um, <laughs> and I get to the shop. It sounds and- like Jimmy doesn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I get to the shop and uh, I just take I slowly started getting into it before the podcast an interesting thing I slowly started getting into it before the podcast uh, this afternoon just tinkering in the shop if I could just tinker for like eight hours straight and not be interrupted that is my, my completely alone just alone in the shop nobody bother me my phone 
dead. I didn't realize it was dead because I wasn't paying attention. You know, mm-hmm. that's the perfect work day. And then at the end of the day, I come home with a lot of good footage and just start to, to dilly-dally with my footage and try and put together a timeline. And that's usually like, finally go to bed at like, I don't know, midnight, one, two, three in the morning, you know, on a perfect day. And, uh, Beautiful. Perfect day is I don't talk to anybody, not even one person. It would be the perfect day. <laughs> <laughs> but you only had a half a cup of coffee? No, I drank like 30 more in between then. And okay. Then <laughs> All right. That was just the first one. I see. I see. You say, I don't know. That, that day doesn't sound right to me. No, but uh, an interesting thing this afternoon, I was, I was in my shop just like, you know, I had about an hour before I met you guys. And Willie comes over and he goes, yo. I go, what's up? Because I got some stuff in the shop and he can't see me. He goes, are you in here? I go, yeah, I'm in here. He goes, you got a visitor. And I come out and it's this little old man. And I'm like, oh, was he a fan? Why does, how does he know where I live? And uh, turns out he's the guy that was born. He was born in my house. What? He was born in this house. He brought me up to the room. He goes, me and my sisters were born in this room. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been here since 1961. His name is George. And his, uh, he had relatives that lived across the street, and just recently his brother-in-law, well, within the last six months, his, his elderly brother-in-law passed away, and I guess he hasn't been around. It's the first time he's been around. He said, he said it this way, it's the first time I've been around where I saw people in the yard. So he came over and introduced himself, mm. and I showed him all around the house, and he's like, I don't remember this. This is new. This is something. And things that are new were like built 35 years ago to him, because he, mm. he says he hasn't been in this house since 1961. And he hmm. told me an interesting wow. story about how the water used to come to the house. It was a this, and he said the name of it, this metal churning pump. And last summer, me and Willie found it in the dirt, buried. We unearthed this metal giant cast iron like water pump, and I brought him over to the weeds, and I'm like, "Is this?" He goes, "Oh my god, that's the thing." Because I remember being huh. scared of it as a little kid. It was always clanking and churning. So this is interesting. We yeah, walked around. Awesome. You've made somebody's day. You yeah. just it was so sweet. Yeah, and I invited him oh, back. I man. said, "You got to tell." I told Taylor she's jealous. She didn't get a chance to meet him because just yesterday, Taylor's like, "I because we have old pictures of the house where there was like a, a, a chimney," and she's like, "I wonder where the fireplace was. It doesn't seem to be a place where there could be a fireplace in here." And I asked him. He goes, "I don't ever remember a fireplace being here," and he was hmm. he was born here in 1939. So wow. So those pictures predate his family, which is interesting. So, this is unrelated, but yeah. it made me think of it. So, you know how the last couple of weeks we've joked about being related, David? Yeah. <clears throat> so, the other day, Bill Duran from Punish Props, um, I saw him, it was his birthday, and I saw on Facebook, his mom posted, like, happy birthday, son, something, something, right? And so, I look at the post, and I had one of those weird moments where, like, you know, it shows, like, you have mutual friends with somebody, and I see two mutual friends with me and Bill's mom. And I'm like, that's weird. Like, <laughs> oh, it must be Bill and it must be Bill and his wife. So I clicked on it. <clears throat> and I see this name. I'm like, oh weird. That's the same name as the somebody I know in Florida. And then I like clicked away from it and what and then I, somehow it came back up to my attention. And I was like, wait a second. Her last name is Duran. Wait a second. Okay. <sighs> this is crazy. So Bill Duran lives in Seattle, grew up in New York, right? We've met through the internet. We're good friends now. My wife grew up in Florida. One of her good friends and families that she was like a part of, this girl named Lee, they were at the same age, like Jenny dated her brother and all this different stuff. She married, this girl Lee, married Bill's cousin. Get out of here. No. Wow. Isn't that weird? Like two totally unrelated opposite corner of the country people are like first cousins. (laughs) That's insane. I just... 
I happened to stumble across it. Anyway, the world is small. <clears throat> I have I, I have a similar here. story. You just reminded me of. I could say it quick. Go so somebody I've known for twenty five years from the toy business, and, and I don't want to say everyone's name because I don't want to get everybody involved. But <clears throat> he writes to me one day and he says, "Do you know this so and so Deresta?" I said, "Yes, yeah, she's my cousin." And he goes, "I have." something interesting and I can't tell you right away so a couple of weeks had to go by I never knew that this cousin of mine was adopted and my friend's wife her college roommate gave birth to a woman 35-40 years ago and gave that child up for adoption and that child is my cousin and I never knew she was adopted because she looks like her siblings I never knew that and so this all came about and they all got reunited and it turns out like when he found it, he was so excited when he found out that his wife's college roommate got in touch with her adopted child, you know, her birth child, and that name was Doresta. She was so excited. He's like, we know someone named Doresta. And so turns out, what a huh. small world, 30 wow. years later. So I don't know if anybody could follow that story, but it was very exciting to, to all of us. My, my, my buddy, Ben, he's, he was so excited to find out. I've known Ben just through the business, and it turns out he's got a connection to one of my cousins weird way that's crazy yeah it is a small world for sure um i know we're running long but i had one more question that i kind of want to ask jimmy (laughs) oh god (laughs) okay of all the and not machines i'm not talking about like uh full power tools or anything like that what's your favorite mechanism like like piece of a machine what's your favorite like mechanical thing that you like to see how it moves or like you know you know what i mean yeah I just I, I know that you pick things apart when you see them and you think you see how they work and you like like the movement of stuff and well you know it's fu- the reason I, I'll explain you, you got me thinking about something it's it's the 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 concentric the way a piston works the concentric because that's been the solution to so many toy mechanisms where you have a, a pulley or a wheel with an off center pivot and then you hook to it and the reason I bring mm. it up is because just the other day I, I committed to buying a power hammer which is a 4,000 pound piece of steel. I haven't, I'm going to do a whole video about it, but I didn't, it's not in my position yet, but I committed to buying it. And, um, but when I went and looked at it, I met a couple of the most interesting guys uh, that I've met in recent, recent time. And we were looking at the, he's got a bunch of power hammers and they all work on the ba- same basic premise. Most of them is just a concentric motor and that's how the car runs and that's how most, that's how a saw, you know, a, a hacksaw works. There's so many mechanisms that work on that that's how a tattoo gun works. You just basically have most tattoo guns. A prison tattoo gun will work that way, not a, not a modern <laughs> tattoo gun. Um, just the idea of a, of a wheel and just an off-centered pin in that wheel. And that moves a rod and that rod creates an action. So that is like the most universal mechanism that I've personally experienced in, in my toy design world and just experiencing you know, how everything works. It's just an off-centered motor. If you start looking yeah. at old steam engines, there's always like this thing that just does this and something else happens at the other end of that rod. Everything. Nice. So, Good answer. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Got any other questions? Anybody? Um, that's it. I'm trying to find a good thing to suggest for YouTube. Okay. You got something you want to suggest, David? Well, yes, I do. 
But before I do that, I just want to point out something real quick. I think it was last week's episode where I said I don't have a project yet this week. I'm going to do something last second. And Jimmy's mm-hmm. like, those are usually ones that come out the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the music video, which happens to be the favorite, my favorite video I've made so far. And so nice. it is funny, those last second things can be so satisfying. Mm-hmm. So anyways, my pick is this week is something I've already mentioned. I wasn't going to pick this, but since I mentioned it before, and that is going to be the book, The Secret Art of Dr. Seuss. Mm-hmm. Sweet. I'm looking forward to checking that out. We read yeah. a lot of Dr. Seuss here at the house, so I'm I'm familiar with that side of it, so I'm really curious uh, what the other side yeah. would be. There might be some things in, if you get this book, there might be some things in there you don't want the kids to see. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't show them, but <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, well, Jimmy, if you're still finding yours, I'll go with mine. Go for it. I guess so. Okay, so um, been listening to audiobooks more lately. Been trying to like get back into books and less podcasts. Because um, I actually found that a lot of the podcasts I listened to, I would get through them and just be like, huh, why? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I need something that's going to stir me, something that's giving me some things. So I'm trying to read. For like maybe 10 years, people have been telling me about this book. I've had lots of people tell me. I finally got it the other day. I'm maybe halfway through it. And it's awesome. And both of you need to go listen to it. Jimmy, I know, yeah. I know you don't listen to audiobooks. I, I do. I don't think you do. I do, I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. You need to listen to this book. No. It will, It will. as an artist, as a creative person, <clears throat> it will help you understand why you have roadblocks. It's like really in line with what we talked about last week. But I also think it's, it's like an awesome explanation of why people leave stupid comments on YouTube. <laughs> it... It, as I'm listening to the guy talk and read this, I'm like, oh, oh, that makes total sense and like gives gives me a new perspective on this stuff. Okay, it's called The War of Art. Mm-hmm. Ever heard of this? Oh, yeah. So. I just listened to that a few weeks ago. It's so awesome. Yeah, and it's real quick, too. It is. It's like two hours or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm it's it's fantastic. And I'm, I'm like halfway through it, so, you know, I don't know how the end of it goes. But basically, the part that I've listened to so far is about the resistance, and it's about all the stuff internal to us that we that fights back against us doing our work. And it's not necessarily just about art. He talks about art, talks about writing a lot, but it's also about just chasing anything that you care about, really. I mean, I think it's, you know, he mentions entrepreneurship and helping people and whatever it is that you you want to do but you don't think is like a reasonable use of your time or you're scared of it or you don't want to put in the work or whatever the you know there's a bunch of different parts to it but if especially if you're trying to create something new no matter what it is hobby or otherwise go listen to this book it's good definitely not something i would listen to with the kids but it's good agreed all right. Did okay, I uh, did I mention Max Maker? I may have. I know I talked about him in my vlog because he's helping me design this knife. Do you guys remember me talking about him? I could do it. I could do a repeat. Max Maker. He's, he's got a young channel. He doesn't have a lot of videos, but he's a very talented engineer and product designer in Germany. Max Maker, and he uh, he's he's pretty active in the comments section. He talks on a lot of people's comments, and he's a very positive young designer. And he's helped me through this fusion project. He's actually did all the fusion aspect of it. Now it's up to me to interpret his designs and try and see and see them. But uh, check out Max Maker. He's got a couple of videos up, which are really nice. Sweet. Right on. Cool. Um, Well, before we go, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, As always, we... Uh, Here's a little funny little story. We got an email this week that we all kind of saw from this advertising company. 
and they were like, hey, you're, we really love your podcast on, like, fill in the blank, you know, it was one of those, <clears throat> and we have advertising opportunities, and we'd love to talk to you more about it, and so I sent her an email, I'm like, sure, what, you know, what are you offering, and it was like, do three ads in the space of one podcast, and we can guarantee you up to $10 an ad, or some crazy <laughs> nonsense like that, <laughs> and it just made me so happy to be able to just not respond. <laughs> just okay. be like, you know what? <laughs> Patreon supporters take care of us. We got it. Our taxes are covered. Our hosting is covered. All that stuff. Yep. So you guys rule. Oh, uh, Thank you for that. That reminds me. I have a reward maybe for our Patreon supporters that I want to talk to you guys off camera about. Ooh. Mm. Sneaky. Mm. Okay. okay. We'll go ahead and sign up now if you guys want to be in for a potentially <laughs> new <laughs> cool award. Um, especially, though, I want to thank our top patrons, Make Build Modify and Wise Old Dowl. Um, but everybody, uh, there's a bunch of people that support us over there, and we're grateful for all of it. Thank you, guys. So you can go to patreon.com slash making it if you want to help out the show. Um, you can also just share it around, leave us a review, all that stuff. So, yes. Cool. You guys got anything else? That's it. That's it. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. Love you.